Pod Trilogy, a podcast in English, Afrikaans, och svenska. Uh, nou ja, ons het gedreig dat hierdie podcast by de Afrika- Afrikaans in Swits ook sal wees, behalwe uh, Engels natuurlijk. Maar aangezien Terry, my goeie vriend daar in die noorde van Zuid-Afrika, sy Swits, um, uh, ja, ons moet een beetje werk aan sy Swedish, soos ons sê in, in Stockholm. Maar um, <laughs> uh, tot ons nou vir hom opdreef kreeg, dat ons miskien podcast in die toekomst in Swits met Terry Martin doen. Dit sal een wonderlijke dag wees. In elk geval, we'll have to switch to English to accommodate for Terry. Let's accommodate for Terry, of course, why not? Terry, it's good to have you. Oh, this is fun being back uh, on the air. We um looking forward to this, 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 this podcast for sure. Yep. Wonderful. So um, let me sort of uh, just recap. Thank you for those of you who are listening in. Um, we post this, of course, on a link that we'll share in our orbit as it is at the moment and maybe on some of our social media channels. And thank you for joining us, giving us of your time. Terry and myself have been talking through uh, the sort of broad strokes around meaning and fear. Now, it's as broad as it can be. But we've uh, tried to zoom in a little bit and look closer last week um, at some very specifics. And you can look at and uh, listen to the last podcast that sort of um, showed how fear is manifested in, um, suppose, in our daily lives. And we looked at young people in the school setting um, and how maybe very specifically a fear of a given test is aggravated if you wish, by the absence of meaning. So if you don't attribute meaning to a given activity, it uh, could instill some fear. Today I'm going to let Terry uh, start us off and explain what's been on his heart since our last discussion. Mm-hmm. And um, Terry, your turn. I've been mulling over our discussion from last week quite a bit. Um, because when we look at what is the meaning and event relationship, how is meaning related to an, an event? Uh, I think one of the things that we had touched on last week was we said that uh, uh, meaning and event are, are, are inseparable in a sense. You, you, you can control meaning, but you cannot control an event, especially when an event is foisted upon you. Uh, and you are participating under coercion. You can control the meaning by taking responsibility for what is happening in that event, or you can become totally irresponsible and say, I take no responsibility for uh, what is going down. And uh, I directed our attention to the first four chapters in the book of the Hebrew Christian scriptures, the book of Genesis, which is really about the origin, the meaning, uh, the morality and the destiny of the Hebrew people. And what I want us to do this evening is to look at uh, Genesis 2 and to look at the fall of man 
and see how that fall, that moral failure, that event in Genesis chapter 2 threatened and threatens meaning. Not only threatened meaning, it continues to threaten meaning right into the 21st century uh, when we look at exactly what went down. Because God placed uh, Adam and Eve in a garden. Uh, he placed Adam there first and uh, he put Adam, uh, he gave Adam a, a responsibility. He made him responsible. He said, Adam, you're going to till the soil. You're going to take care of this garden. You're going to become a guardian of the earth. A shomrei adomah, as the Hebrew text has it. And uh, so Adam has this responsibility uh, of tending the garden. And then in chapter 3, something very interesting happens. Because by then, he has a wife that was created for him. And this wife uh, enhances his own meaningfulness because she meets a need in his life which is very specific. He has an aloneness need. And uh, by God creating her, um, his aloneness need is met. But his meaning is enhanced because they are in a relationship called uh, marriage, right? But this meaning that is created is threatened by an irresponsible act on the part, first of all, of the woman and then on the part of Adam. And the whole of the cosmos is thrown into chaos. And out of that chaos, fear rises. High fear rises. So maybe what we can do here is just track some of the individual pieces here and see how that meaning comes under threat yeah, I, because I of an, yeah, I a think decision that, that, that Eve makes. Yeah, that would probably be really, really good uh, to sort of clarify, um, particularly sort of interest in some of the things that you mentioned there, um, which probably will permeate our discussion around this. And it's, uh, suppose when you, you talk about an event, right? Even, even an event is sort of thrown upon us or... Uh, we we in it um so you would look um so, so let me just ask you that notion just the notion that an event is can one say the sphere within which uh one's uh, sense of meaning and one's real fear is displayed just that notion did did you draw that notion specifically from Genesis chapter 1 and 2? Well, you know, it, it, it's a notion that unfolds all the way from Genesis 1 right to the end of the Christian scriptures in the book of the Revelation of Christ, which is the last book of the New Testament, mm. right? Uh, because when you look at chapter 1, you see meaning unfolding, meaning unfolds how? In an event, it unfolds in a happening. Let's look at verse 1 of, of Genesis. When God began creating the heaven, heavens and the earth, uh, an event is characterized by a number of things, right? First of all, an event is characterized by a time marker, right? 
Not everything in our life is as eventful as everything else. A birthday, for example, is a, a high event in our life, right? Depending on our cultural tradition. Because there we celebrate on a particular day, we celebrate our birthday. There's a time or, or, or a moment in which that happens. There is a happening. Birth took place, right? There is a motion. <laughs> there, is a, there is a movement, right? Uh, because somebody did something and that gave birth to me, right? <laughs> I didn't happen in a vacuum. And when you look at Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, you see all those elements. You see a mover. The mover is God. There is a motion called creation. He creates something. It happens in terms of a time marker. In the beginning, says the English Bible, the Hebrew has it, when God began, right? So there's time, there's a happening, there's a motion, there's a motion maker, if I could term it that. Mm. And then there is a responsibility that rises out of chapter one. What's that responsibility? God brings order out of chaos. Verse 2 says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God hovers on the water, right? So there is chaos, and out of that chaos, the, the Creator brings order, right? Could What's I, the result? Could I just ask at that point, how Heaven do, you, how, how do yes. you connect that to responsibility? Okay, because God does something. Got it. God takes up a responsibility of doing something. He didn't just sit there and watch it, right? There's darkness upon the face of the deep. Right. Uh, the Hebrew terms of tohu vavohu. <laughs> a very graphic word. Tohu vavohu. The earth was without form and void. And the spirit is hovering. This creative spirit is hovering upon the waters and then God starts to do something, right? He brings order out of chaos. He creates the binaries that are sprinkled across chapter one, day and night, land and sea, sky, heaven, and earth, right? Uh, and so you see all these binaries start to come into being. So God takes responsibility of bringing order out of chaos. Mm-hmm. And it happens in a moment. Uh, it happens in a moment in time. And all, uh, the only reason why I, I use moment in time is there's a time marker right. in the beginning. And right? you see that as a, as a distinctive pattern. Could, could you? Is, That's right. Yeah. There's, there's already a pattern rising right there. Mm-hmm. Right? And a very complex, very significant pattern. Right? Because you see, who we are determines how we see, and how we see determines what we find. <laughs> okay, and that's something we can explore a little further. But when we look at what gives life meaning, events capture meaning, or events can capture meaninglessness because some things that happen in our life seem to have very little meaning at that at at, a, at that point in our life. And we're saying now. What's the significance of this? Why is this happening? Because when the woman uh, takes of the fruit in chapter 3, 
and she does something irresponsible. Instead of taking responsibility of uh, being a healthy to Adam and uh, taking responsibility not to eat of the singular tree that God did, don't eat of it. She does the irresponsible thing and she plunges the cosmos from there on out. The cosmos gets plunged into back into chaos. Right, because and, chaos results, and that that explains a great deal of that uh, twin sort of dilemma we have: acting responsibly, yes. uh, acting responsibly, yep. and irresponsibly. Now, um, yes. we were talking last week about uh, you know that when you were mentioning about there are moments where people feel that they. Um, uh, what they are busy with is meaningless, or they cannot see the sense mm-hmm. um, are, are, uh, in what they are doing. Young people, for instance, constantly ask, why am I studying exactly this? Uh, especially, mm-hmm. as you mentioned, it's a response, or it's an event that's foisted upon you, and you, mm-hmm. um, of course, because of that, you, you when you cannot see a meaning, um, does does it mean that if you cannot see meaning, that the, the pressure on you to act responsibly or irresponsibly, irresponsibly is a lot higher? It probably arises because, remember, fear is what either orients me, if, if it's behind me, if it's propelling me, but if it's in front of me or before me, right, it's going to paralyze me. So it will heighten uh, my the senses. It will alert my body more deeply that there is there's danger here because I don't know what's going down. I don't understand it. Now, whether that danger is real or imagined, it still impacts on my internal state, right? Because one of the things that you see happen in chapter 3 is Adam and Eve play hide-and-seek with God. They first of all realize they are naked, right? Then they, they of course, at that point, they go into... Uh, when God encounters them, they go into blame shifting. Uh, Eve, uh, Adam blames Eve, and Eve blames the serpent. Uh, so there's blame shifting, but they, they they go into this hiding mode. And when God calls out to them, He says, "Adam, where are you?" What does what's Adam's response? Adam says, "I was afraid, and that's why I hid." Right? Where does this fear come from? Because all of a sudden, I'm aware of things now that I ain't haven't been aware of before. They were aware that they were naked, right? And they cover their body. Why a response like that? Why this deep sense of shame in chapter 3? Whereas at the end of chapter 2, in verse uh, 24 and 25, they are unashamed and they both are naked. So watch what... Chaos does. Chaos has an impact on my sense making, on my making sense out of life. <laughs> life has meaning. Yeah. Now, now there's no meaning. Yeah. I w- I'm confused about meaning. Yeah. I would like to sort of uh, um, just ponder over that chaos that you mentioned. I think this is probably going to be something that we can see a plethora of illustrations of. And I wanted to bring in one particular chaotic uh, sort of 
phenomena that's been highlighted by an author called um, Douglas um, Rushkoff, and he writes a book of very recently published called Survival of the Richest um, uh, Escape Fantasies of the uh, Digimillionaires, I think it's called. Let me just get the exact title here. Um, yeah, uh, of the tech, uh, Escape Fantasies of the Tech Billionaires. And I'm reading this book, and there was one thing that sort of stood out. He talks about a, a sort of a moment where he spent some time with uh, the late Dawkins, uh, and he highlights a little discussion. He had an interaction with uh, Stephen Pinker. And I want to quote from what he says, Ted, and I want to throw this at you, especially when you're talking about chaos here. Um, he... After this discussion about meaning, uh, he is sort of called uh, a moralist, just a moralist. Um, uh, in fact, he, he mentions that uh, Hawk, Dawkins explained to him, those who strive for meaning are mere moralists. Um, and mm. he says, um, by refusing to understand how Meaning making is a subtle community project related to the ways we live together. This orthodox scientism denies any scheme of things where human agency, hand in hand with moral responsibility, plays a role. We are at the mercy of our programs, our genes, so we may as well do whatever the heck we want, especially if it spreads our genes around. Now, you know, he is hinting at some chaos there as, as he, you know, in terms of the, the sort of uh, trying to uh, live in a world. I mean, the whole book, in a sense, is is reflecting over this chaos that has come on upon humans um, as this divide between those who have and does not have, and especially how the divide between the tech billionaires and those who make them billionaires have sort of increased. What's your take on that? Well, I think my take on that is quite simple. You cannot derive ought from is. Say that right? again. And what you cannot derive what you ought to do, which is the moral element from the the, the is element of life. Mm. What is what exists? Because mm. science functions at the is level, right? Science doesn't function at an ought level. That's where morals and values function, right? And what science tries to do, I think even uh, uh, the Harris fellow, his first name just slips my mind now, uh, tries to show that, uh, you know, boy, all you need is science, you know, and uh, morality is purely a matter of taste, Mm. right? Purely a matter of taste. And I think the chaos that has resulted in our own culture, because we have said we don't need a moral base, we don't need a moral moral values. Uh, look what has resulted in our culture. We moved now smack bang into post truth, where you know it's no longer facts that matter. Um, it's it's how you feel about it, you know, mm. um, that has a higher premium than objective facts. And so you almost have this third category that is created and watch how confused our culture is and has become. Mm. 
because when I look again at the biblical pattern, in Genesis 1 and 2, I see there's a demonstration of the movement from chaos to order. Because God brings order out of chaos. Right. And then when you look at chapter 3, a demonstration of how that order descends back into chaos because of, of man's irresponsibility. Mm. Right? And the result of that, the whole cosmos descends into the abyss, if you will. It would be very and interesting to see whether um, uh, Rushkov actually make, draws the same <laughs> conclusion as you do. Very uh, interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Uh, would you agree yeah. that, you know, the comment it makes it understanding uh, meaning making is a subtle community project? Well, I think it's a lot less subtle than <laughs> to be. I, I think it's, it's very frontal. Mm, yeah. uh, because an, an event, what gives my birthday meaning? Yeah. Man, I have taken responsibility. I exist. I'm 21 and I'm mm. not 31. Right. right? I'm 64 going on 65. Right? There's an event around which this meaning making as uh, arises. And it's a heightened sense of, uh, uh, can I call it sense making? It's heightened because of the event, yep. right? Um, and I think uh, what happens very often is we become so confused because we become so irresponsible uh, in the choices we make. The yep. choices don't carry responsible uh, endeavors. Uh, that, that that fuels meaning making. Yeah, and I, we become more and more confused. Let's watch. I'll continue to sort of look at this uh, book and maybe provide additional feedback as we sort of unfold. That'll be fun. We've got 60 seconds as we yeah. wind down. Terry, thank you so very much for this uh, time. Um, we'll continue uh, uh, next time, which was in exactly a week. Today is the 1st of November and we've culminated another important slot talking about meaning and uh, fear we'll put some notes down together with this podcast so that you have some things that you can reference uh, at the same time as you listen thank you very very much for your time and uh, it's a good night from me Theo van Rensburg Lindster here in Stockholm and Terry Martin all the way in signing off thank you all right take care terry chat again (laughs) will do great bye now pod trilogy a podcast in english afrikaans oksvenska